This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. How's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hi, my name is Hannah Einbinder, and I feel confused about being Conan O'Brien's friend. I love the honesty. <laughs> What's the confusion? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not, I, I don't see myself is it my as age? worthy. Is it it's, my age? It's me, Conan. I'm 77 years old, you know. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blue. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, where I, uh, I try to passive-aggressively force people to be my friend. <laughs> it's actually working. I've made a, a bunch of pretty decent friendships through the podcast, and um, they never last. People even if they have a good time on the podcast, quickly go grow weary. Uh, that just happens. But I'm joined as always by my faithful team, Mr. Matt Gorley. How are you, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm fine. Matt, do you, um, do you think most people leave the podcast feeling fairly satisfied or having a better impression of me? Do you get the sense that these are real friendships that are forming? Or do you, do you think that it makes sense that they usually only last about a month or so? I was going to say, I think they are friendships until you phrased it that way, because it sounds like you're doing a corporate survey. Is your friendship with me satisfying, very satisfying, you know, that kind yeah, of Yeah, I get a little needy that way. I should uh -huh. probably just relax. And I think it also hurts that I do, with several, of, uh, many of the podcast guests, try to sell them something. <laughs> like what? <laughs> 
siding, uh, vinyl siding. Um, yeah, then it's feeling like a scam to them, I think. Yeah, and I, it's true. I am very interested. I did invest in a vinyl siding business. Wait, and is I'm that com- why you're doing this podcast then? Let's just say it's complicated, the world oh, of Conan man. O'Brien, okay? And there's oh, a lot man. of things that feed other things. How come I'm not seeing any of this siding money? Well, I've seen your house. It's not the right house for vinyl siding. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that's you true. have kind of a ranch-style yeah. uh, single-story house. Yeah, um, more of a trailer than anything else. That's true. So uh, I think vinyl siding would be putting a, I'm sorry, a silk hat on a pig. You know what I'm Wait, saying? Wait, you're, you're calling vinyl siding a silk hat. <laughs> well, no one's seen your house. I swear to God. I thought that's where they shot Sanford and Son. I was pretty sure. I drove up and I heard a David, how are you? I'm great. You doing all right? I'm good, yeah. Okay. I want to ask you guys a question, which is, um, I've never liked wearing a baseball cap, okay? Yeah, me either. I don't like baseball caps. I don't think they fit my face or my head. When I put a baseball cap on, it makes my face look swollen and fat. Um, it accentuates the sort of cherubic nature or bloated nature of an Irish fellow's head. So I don't like it. I don't like mm. a baseball cap. And so, um, but I, what I discovered a long time ago was that when I do... Whenever I do a bit for the show or a sketch, did you just look at your watch? I gotta, you just looked at your watch. <laughs> David Hoppin just looked at his watch in it, the middle of me I talking. I was making, it got a, it buzzed. And I was no, making, it didn't buzz. I'm I here. I was making Not, sure that the silence, it was silence so that it wouldn't interrupt That's the most it, rudest it, thing. That, I just said that's the most rudest thing. That is the rudest thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I'm in the middle of uh, creating my art. I'm Jackson Pollock. I've got two tubes of paint and a, and a brush, and I'm splattering it all over the place. It's going to be in MoMA. And then You're you- right about that. This podcast is the equivalent of a Jackson Pollock kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it depends on how you feel about Jackson Pollock. You know? I'm just saying the audio is equivalent to the visual. Okay, my point okay. is that I'm a, a beloved American treasure. I like to say treasure. 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 You know, sometimes I like to mispronounce a word on purpose to give the the podcast a little more life. I think I'm a treasure, an American treasure. And and, and I think that that when I'm making my magic Mm -hmm. and you look at your watch, listen, I give Sona a hard time all the time. I've never seen her look at my watch when I'm making my mind magic. I just want to say I felt it start to vibrate. So I was afraid I was getting a call and was going to silence it just in case. Why don't you take it off from now on? Okay. Why don't you put it in a, I'm going to have a lead box made. Look, I'm taking it off right now. Okay. Can you throw it outside? You open the door and throw it outside on the floor? Do I have to? Please. David, you should know that we do offer exit therapy on all of these sessions (laughs) where anyone who's a guest or a sidekick gets to go into complimentary therapy. It's from Human Resources. Please, back to- I want to hear about the baseball caps. Yes. Back to what I call my word magic. Uh, I don't like a baseball cap. I don't think it looks good on me. And it frustrates me that that became- de rigueur clothing for everybody. Every man has to have a baseball cap. And everywhere I go, I see guys in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s wearing a baseball cap, and I think it looks stupid. Now, I've done a lot of sketches in my day, being a comedy veteran, and occasionally I would have to wear a a cowboy hat, and I would realize I look fucking good in a cowboy hat. I really think I do. And I know you're thinking, oh, no, he doesn't. I do. I look good in a cowboy hat. So today... I noticed from years ago, I did a, a remote in Texas and someone gave me uh, a really cool cowboy hat and I put it on and I like it. But I think people think I'm doing a bit when I'm wearing the cowboy hat, but I just like the way it works. So my question for you, David, and also for you, Matt, is 
can I pull off a cowboy hat? Now I'm well, trying to put it pull on. Pull off the headphones. Here, here's first. the problem. Yeah, I, think the I just put it on, on. I just oh put. I forgot I was wearing headphones, and I put it on on top <laughs> of like my headphones. Look at that. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing. I just put it on on top of my oh, headphones. That is the least cowboy it. thing that I has love ever. That. I also happened. love that I built up to a big. But I'm going to put this on, and you're going to see. And uh, here we go. <laughs> clunk headphones. <laughs> I don't even want to see it the proper way. You don't? Oh, come on. Hold on. Hmm. I do agree that you can pull that off better than a baseball cap. Yeah. Be honest. What do you think? And Matt, I want you to be honest. What do you think? I think it looks good, but I think you got to cock it back on your head a little bit. It was a little like, you know, ranch hand when you want to be kind of roguish playing. So you want it to be, if, but if I put it back too far, I look like, it looks like I'm doing a bit. No, you know I, I don't mean? think so. I, I don't think you need to go that far, but just a little bit because... I'm putting my headphones on so that... Yeah. Um, it, it takes a little confidence to cock it back a little bit, that you're at ease like a cowboy. Yeah, that's nice. You got a little bit of lock of your bangs coming out. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm getting a no from some people on this. Uh, it only comes down that far when you're sleeping, you know, when you, you kind of put it over your eyes, catch 40 winks. All right. I like the I thought that he never takes it off. I don't <laughs> trust. I don't trust that you have my best interest at heart, Matt. Um, I don't. I don't. <laughs> you want me to wear it and look like a fool. I think you should keep the headphones on when you wear it. Yeah, I will. I'm going to start wearing headphones even out in the world. <laughs> headphones that have a long cord that aren't attached to anything gets the word out on the podcast. And then I put uh, I put this on top of it and it sits on top of my head. The listeners should know that the the bar that goes over the headphones is super thick. So this cowboy hat is resting inches above the top of his head. It like a is, head. yeah, it is a Western yarmulke right now. <laughs> it is just, very, it's perched at the very top. And of you my have to head. keep super still so it doesn't fall off like you're wearing gonna, a neck brace. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk around and have this thing on the top of my head. And, you know, I know it's a visual joke, but. I'm sure we'll get this out on the internet. You'll see. You can go on the sites and the clicks and the clacks and you know, Yoohoo and Yahoo and Hulu and you'll find it. Um, by the way, do I know the business or do I know the business? Do you really know it? Uh, but this is this is my new look. You even move different. Why? Well, yeah, because move. you're afraid it's going to fall off. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is basically just resting on top of three inches of thick rubber. I don't know why we're using the headphones that people used, you know, in Korea to communicate <laughs> with the battlefield. But I do want to, if you see me out in the world, and I'm, I'm hard to miss, but if you see uh, someone that looks like Jane Lynch wearing a big cowboy hat, that's me. Okay. That's me. And you know what's also funny is that, you know, during COVID, I have a mask, but I also have, um, I have this bandana, this red bandana. And I had the cowboy hat on and I walked into a 7-Eleven and I put the bandana up over the bridge of my nose. You saw this, saw David, it. you were I with saw, me. Yeah. And I wasn't even thinking about anything. I just forgot I had the cowboy hat on. I put the bandana over my nose and, and I went and bought a, uh, one of those energy power bars. And it looked like Jesse James had come into the store <laughs> to rob them of a power bar. So suddenly I'm Jesse James, it's 1882, and I'm like, this has got uh, protein, but how much, how much fat, how much saturated fat in this bar? And just like, I'm robbing them, but then I'm getting into the weeds about 
How much nutrition does it have? Uh, how much? <laughs> the workers seem nervous. The nerve, yes. <laughs> you yeah. tried Did you to notice ca- that? You tried to cash a, like a, was it a 50 or I had like a $50 bill and, and I, I, I tried to buy a power bar with a $50 bill while wearing a cowboy hat and a kerchief over my nose. So all you could see was my eyes. Oh my God. The woman was looking at the bill. She's in a 7-Eleven. She's looking at the bill. Like this is obviously- a fake bill. For sure thought it was counterfeit. And that he's about to pull a Colt 45. Yeah. A, an antique gun on us and she rob us. pushing the button. And rob, she was <laughs> desperately pushing the button to summon the police. And if I had walked outside with the power bar, I would have been shot to death. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Wait, because um, of the power bar? I think the police would have shot me just because, A, I'm dressed like a bandit. But second, uh, they would have shot me because the power bar had way too much saturated fat for what's supposed to be a healthy option. And I think that's, they're allowed to shoot in that situation. Anyway, uh, I'm just, I'm going to stick with the cowboy hat. And, Good luck. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thanks a lot. Good luck. Okay, great. You should do you. Do I, me. Su- I salute you. Yeah, cowboy. Conan, you do you doesn't mean Conan wear a cowboy hat. It does if Conan's a little buckaroo. <laughs> Someday I'll beat you. I'll no. beat you about the head and shoulders with a You'll cudgel. Never, I'll, I'll, I'll use I'll a never cudgel. Be in the same room with you again. I will use a cudgel when I beat I'll you. I'll never, never see you in the flesh again. I will use, uh, what is it, a flat, what are those things that they used to hit people with? A flat jack? Flat oh, a blackjack? Blackjack. Yeah, hit me with a flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original Pat Benatar version. Before it was hit your best shot, it was flap- hit me with a flapjack. And uh, it got some radio play, but then they re-recorded it. <laughs> Little known lie. Here we go. Very excited. My guest today is a talented actress and comedian who was just nominated for an Emmy for her role as Ava Daniels in the critically acclaimed HBO Max series, Hacks. By the way, I am a big fan of Hacks. I think it's a fantastic show. I love it. And I'm thrilled to talk to her today. Hannah Einbinder, welcome. You have absolutely, I didn't know this, and again, whenever someone prefaces something by saying, I don't mean to sound creepy, mm. they sound creepy. Yeah. Mm. You have absolutely beautiful skin, <gasps> uh, like gorgeous skin. And I was think, looking at you as you came in, and just before you got on mic, you mentioned something about a sunscreen, and I thought, you and I are very much alike. I am looking to play you in the biopic. So <laughs> oh my God. I'm really, yeah. I'll do the haircut. The color seems on already. You know, it's between you and Kate Blanchett. Well, and, yeah. I'll uh, wrestle her for it. I don't care what I No man do. has stepped forward wanting the role. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got the torso. All I need is the legs. <laughs> That's right. You have a lo- elongated torso. I do. I do. You, you, th- you say. You so seem say. very well proportioned. Again, Thank a you. creepy thing for a man to say. First of all, I, I appreciate the skin comment again. I think you and I are sort of on the same. You know what's so funny is that you walk in and we have, um, there's so much that I think you and I can relate and talk about. And what's the first thing you say when you walk in is, Conan, have I got a uh, sunscreen for you? <laughs> That's the first thing you said. And I realized that people look at me like I'm the kid from Powder, like I, I'm a visible man and you can see my veins. I'm, I'm worried because- worried. Yes, I'm worried about you, damn it. Yes. Because I don't know if you saw recently, but several brands have recalled their products. I and did I see don't, that. Yes. 
I saw that two years, two days ago, and and one of the brands is a brand I normally use when I jump on my bike. Again, as I hose I suspected. myself down with this shit, and then they said, and I'm not I'm not going to mention them in case they're you know uh, supporting our cause here. Um, I'll take the money and um, and get the cancer, but but um, <laughs> usually you just get the cancer. So. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, if you're getting cancer and money, well, hey, that's a good day. Uh, but yeah, I hose myself down with this stuff when they said that it will it will kill me. Welcome to life on Earth. I mean, you know, all, all of our fruits and vegetables are, are grown in, in cow shit and, you know, really everything is poison. And so. Oh, God. Um, You've got to. This is. Please. <laughs> I'm sorry. This Conan. is the way my wife talks. All she does <laughs> right? is talk about how everything's killing us. And I say everything's always been killing us. Yeah. We're in the process of dying anyway. So enjoy. And then I take a giant swig of liquid asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> and hose yourself down. And hose and the, the cancer slick and hit the yeah. road. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of saying, hey, come on, get me. Uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, check, please. Mm -hmm. uh, I approach sunscreens the way uh, a professional golfer uh, approaches clubs. I have at least like 12 of them. Like, have you moved into a tinted sunscreen? Yep, place? tried it. Yep. What do Didn't you think? Didn't work. Really? Yeah, because... Um, when I have any flesh color on my face, any human skin tone, people know something's wrong. And I'm serious. So I got a kind that has like this slight tint to it and I'd put it on and people would say, oh, you're Conan, we've got to get you to the hospital. Your your kidney and liver are failing. Oh, okay. There's clearly a buildup of toxins because I can see your skin a little bit. It has a little bit of a hue. Okay. So no, I, I ran away from that and uh, it didn't work. And also it gets all over your collar. Yeah, that's not good. And Wait. it really does have an unpleasant, it's an unpleasant color. Yeah. It looks like I had diarrhea on my collar. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, Unfortunate. It's really, to me, it just feels like you may have maybe, you know, spilled a little bit of coffee. I think diarrhea is a, a bit of a stretch. I mean, I don't know your diet, but. It's not even the diet. It's if you tuck in your shirt tightly and have explosive diarrhea, it's possible it could ride up under your collar. Did I go oh. too far? <laughs> Matt, did I go too far? Too far? Uh, not if you're telling the truth, no. <laughs> oh my God, so true. This is so where I can talk true. about this. Hannah, this is the problem with someone like you. <laughs> is that we're going to we're going to go off on all these um tangents which are delightful but I have some things to say to you up front okay which is I was uh, very happy to be talking to you today because I'm a massive fan of hacks but I had a specific thing that I wanted to say uh which is that I think it's one of the better depictions of the creation of comedy that I've seen on a screen that's so incredibly exciting to hear that you feel that way and we saw we we saw the vulture article where you kind of said that and we all were so excited and passing the article around and Gina and I were kind of freaking out because oh, we, we nice. love you so much and yeah. that's so nice and I think that it's a, a completely a credit to Paul Lucia and Jen and our writers because you know you are sort of um, I think with any project, when you allow people to tell their own story, it's more right. true to life. A lot of stand-up comics were in the writer's room. Paul Lucci and Jen have been comics at various points in, mm -hmm. in their lives. And so I think it's really just a matter of, with really any storytelling, um, letting people tell their own stories. It's just going to be much better that way, I think. Not since uh, probably like the Larry Sanders show has there been um, something that to me feels like uh, so true to life. Um and watching 
Larry Sanders, I just tried to get sort of like a feel for the writing sphere, although that's like a late night, you know, yep. area. Um, that that was really helpful. In- there, the one bone to pick I always had with the Larry Sanders show, and yeah. I, I, I said this to Gary, so it's no secret, mm-hmm. is really one writer – there was like one or two writers, <laughs> and they were always <laughs> Jeremy Piven. Yeah, <laughs> just Jeremy Piven. They were literally just sitting around, and there was one or two. And then rehearsals were always kind of this lackadaisical affair where they weren't really that worried about the sketch. And I'm like, no, you're shitting yourself at rehearsal, and you have so many. It takes so many writers to just come up with a little bit of stuff. So that enraged me. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> But other than that, it was a very good depiction uh, of emotionally emotionally of the tone of what's happening at a show. But it's fascinating that I assumed when I saw the show, I thought, okay, Hannah's got to be someone who just grew up determined to do comedy. And so I do a little research. And by that, I mean someone else did some research. (laughs) And hand it to me moments ago. No, this, this is yesterday. I was thinking about this interview because I really wanted uh, it to be right. And so I did some research and found out that you came to comedy kind of late, which is ridiculous to say you're you're very young. You're 25 or 21 or I think you're 16 years old. Warmer, but. warmer. <laughs> 11 and three quarters, John. Like you said, good skin, I moisturize. It says here you were born four hours ago <laughs> and- um, Comedy was not something that you were thinking about till fairly recently, isn't that right? Yeah, in college, I I um, joined the improv team because there was a, a a kid who I worked on. I was like a PA on a film set, and mm-hmm. he recommended that I come try out. And um, I I started doing comedy in in college, and then um, I graduated in 2017 and started doing open mics. Uh, Every night as a, a young stand-up. And I mean, it's been like a, a sort of brief, uh, I've been doing it for only a short amount of time, but I, I think I kind of came to it seriously upon graduating uh, college. It sounds like you almost took a, all right, I'm going to do this, so I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to build myself. I'm going to lift the weights and I'm going to know everything I need to know. So how did you do that? Training montage, 80s music, <laughs> on a treadmill, <laughs> watching <laughs> Steve <laughs> Martin. Yes, just punching a clown, a face of a clown on a boxing. I wanted to do it. It just gave me an idea. I want to do a training montage where I say, I'm going to get ready and do it. And then it's me. It's a montage of me just playing Eye of the Tiger over and over again and standing listening to it and not doing anything. <laughs> but different shots of me wearing different clothes. And this is you training and, for. And eating fatty food. <laughs> yeah. And and then putting the CD in again and again and again and then downloading, getting it from Spotify and then downloading it. And Yes, training for knowing the beats of a training montage <laughs> song. <laughs> and then you're ready to jump. Uh, oh, meta. Um, so Steve Martin, yes. Yeah, that's um, all the good stuff. New Heart. Yep. And um, really like a lot of Mel Brooks and Albert Brooks and you got to have the last name Brooks or I'm not interested, but no, I'm kidding. Um, you even studied the comedy of the Brooks brothers, I'm told. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which was a total dead end. Beige, generally beige. <laughs> ecru, comedy. lots of ecru. Braided belts, not my thing, but you got to find out. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I really just, I really just, you know, I became obsessed with it. It's, I was not a great um, student. I, I have 
severe um, attention deficit disorder and a, a, a characteristic of the non-neurotypical mm-hmm. is um, sort of not being able to focus on, concentrate on, do things that uh, aren't that you're not obsessed with. Is that something that people worried about when you were a kid, this business of having an attention deficit disorder? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I really, I mean, English and, and history were interesting to me, but other than that, I really was failing miserably um, mm-hmm. in school. And so I... I uh, I, I went to, um, an arts school as a kid and then, um, that was a private school. And then, you know, after the recession, I went to a public school where, you know, I couldn't take a class called lamp where we were making lamps out of wine bottles. You know, there was no poetry <laughs> right. and, right. Uh, That's also what they have you do in prison. <laughs> yeah. well, <laughs> they had me making license plates. Yeah. Are you sure you weren't in a prison? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> by the way, the girls treated me, uh-huh. uh, you, you, you would have thought, yeah. but, um, the system, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is just not built for anyone who who can't um, just like sort of fall in line in that way. Mm-hmm. And that I I mean, at least for me as a child, made me feel like wrong and frankly stupid. And yeah. I was in the like learning impaired class mm-hmm. where you know you you go if you're not really figuring it out um, in those particular subjects. Um, and so it's, it, it's like, uh, I think that contributes to why a person becomes a comedian in the first place or an artist, yep. Yep. because there is that, like, I have to, um, present, make my case as to why I am of value and hopefully strangers, um, validating me will, you know, bring some relief from those, those fears, I guess. Yeah. I was very ambitious. Even as a kid, I don't know why but I knew that I wanted to do something. So I really valued math. I thought because (laughs) I can't do it, it must be the only path to success. And to this day, occasionally my assistant Sona, who's out right now, um, but she'll catch me using my fingers to figure out the tip. Oh my God. And she'll be like, are you using your fingers? And I'm, you know, I'm I'm in the embarrassing situations of sometimes they'll do lists of who are the really smart celebrities and I'll be on there because I went to a good college and the words out that I, you know, that, uh, oh, he must be. No, I'm using my fingers going, let's see, one, two, three, nine, okay. Yeah. And then I still screw over the waiter, but just because he wasn't a good waiter. (laughs) (laughs) Damn that waiter. Whole other issue. That's a different issue, but God damn it. When I ask for creme brulee, (laughs) I want the fire glaze on the top. He's a nightmare at a restaurant. Well, please. Please. Am I right about the creme brulee, David? You're not wrong. Okay. Oh, shit. David was that waiter. <laughs> I was. That's, that's how I that's got how here. <laughs> I screamed at him. I I'm, promised I wouldn't make the story public. You're, and you're then working, I got brought in. I got him fired. Yeah, I have a shift in now. about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Better work presentations are possible. They're called Canva presentations. You can supercharge your work decks with Canva presentations. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Just start with a prompt and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds or with a stunning template and add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from their massive media library. You save time and you wow your audience. Mm -hmm. I have never made one of these presentations and I never will, but there's a reason why Canva... (laughs) Is used by 90% of the Fortune 500 companies. 90%. That's a lot of percent. Yeah, let's get it to 100%, guys. Come on. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations by heading to canva.com. Designed for work. (laughs) 
the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. <laughs> If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Did you try medications and stuff? Yeah. What did you try? Yeah, I did. Um, the road to Adderall was uh, one very high dose of Concerta when I was 15 that mm -hmm. was 36 milligrams and uh, was the first time, or maybe I was... I don't have a great concept of time. I was very young. I was probably 14. Yeah, it was very, it put me in a very dark place as a mm. very, it just like I was in my bed unable to move. And then, um, and then I, I went from like 10 milligrams of Adderall to a, about like uh, 35, 40 by the end of, by the time I, yeah. I quit the stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was on it for uh, maybe like six ish years. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, it helped me get through the system. I felt uh, that that period of my life is kind of lost. 
in and in all of my memories I, I was nothing like I am now but in my memories of my childhood of which there are few I I feel more like it was like me and then a little break and then I'm back kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. um just because you know the the effect that it has on a, on a brain like mine and and Adderall can be great for some people but for me um it really just sort of dulled the thing that now I know is is um I guess the best thing about me. It's interesting to me that you went off of it and then had this better access to your improv brain. But it, but it, like you said, I mean, it created um, sort of access to all of this, all of the, frankly, just emotions in general that I was not feeling because mm-hmm. I was sort of numbed up. I mean, I, I believe that until my my dying day, I will be fig- trying to figure out how to deal with uh, both of those sort of realms within my consciousness, right. um, as we all do. I yeah. think that's sort of yeah. There's no um, there's no looking to a camera in life and saying, "Well, I nailed it." <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that I had a sort of an acting coach once, even though I'm not an actor, but someone who was helping me. She said to me, "What do you? What is it you want to do?" And I just said, "I just want to be perfect at this, okay. meaning comedy. I just want to be perfect at performing. I want to be perfect at being funny." And she looked at me and she said, "There's only one moment of perfection that you'll have in your life, and that's your death. And at your death, you become perfect." And then she tried to kill me. <laughs> and then you said, okay, how much do I owe you? <laughs> Damn. $6,000. Uh, no, but I thought, oh, that's awful. What are you talking about? And But she was just saying, you're never going to get there. Okay. And then uh, it's why we're so nice to people when they pass away. Yeah. Because the story's over. And in retrospect, and in, yeah. And in retrospect, you say, well- you know, that was the best uh, version of that Conan O'Brien that there could be, <laughs> including all the shitty stuff, but that's that's it. Every comedian that I think of as being perfect feels this way. And that's mm-hmm. like what's so difficult. Like I think of Robin Williams as being a perfect comedian, mm-hmm. his access to sort of that free-flowing thought. I, I think of you as as being a perfect comedian. And if I may, I know this is difficult for you to hear because I listen to your podcast and I know, you know, it's difficult for compliments right, and right, things like right. that. But I, I, I watch you and I've watched you forever. And I, I see you the way that you know, you may see your heroes and and perfect people, and and I maybe I'm talking to myself here too. It's like if we could see ourselves the way that people who admire us do, we wouldn't see the failure. That's so crazy. It's it it it. I had an experience, which was I was at a AFI salute to Steve Martin, who, I mean, obviously Love. I'm I'm a different generation than you, but I remembered when Steve Martin hit. Um, and I was very interested in comedy as a kid. And so Steve Martin hits, I want to say around 1977, 78, somewhere around there. And so I would be 15 years old when he hits. I didn't know anybody could be that funny. It was seeing, I'd, I'd grown up in a world of people firing muskets and then someone in the corner detonated <laughs> Adam Bob. And I didn't know that a person could be that funny and it took my breath away. So all these years later, I'm at some big prestigious salute to Steve Martin and a bunch of us are there and we all get up on stage and say these nice things about Steve Martin and they show AFI had made this wonderful montage where they took classic clips of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and intercut them with these classic moments 
from Steve Martin. And it was fantastic. It was so beautifully done. They just did a beautiful job. And after it's over, I just had a moment where accidentally I was sort of standing next to Steve Martin and the thing is over. And he just almost to no one said, yeah, I didn't really belong in there with those other guys. And he wasn't saying it out of false <laughs> modesty. He was saying to him that didn't, that wasn't right. And I thought, well, that's insane yeah. because your, your great moments fit in beautifully with those. He's such an amazing physical comedian and verbal comedian and the, his, his best work fits in perfectly with the best work of a Chaplin or a Buster Keaton or any of the great comedy teams and sort of thinking, yeah, you fit, you fit in there perfectly. But of course he can't see that. It's not his job to see that. Yeah. And it's, you know, so people that get hung up on, will my work be remembered or will people care or how do they feel about me? It's such a mammoth waste of time. The important thing is, are you making a lot of money doing it? <laughs> and are you putting that money into real estate? <laughs> and then are you making sure that you're sheltered in a ta from the taxes? Sure. Because the government will fuck you. <laughs> Are so you harboring I, someone who fucked up your creme brulee and yes. making them sort of repay the It's a really debt. specific, yeah. If you take, anyone listening, if you take away anything from this, yeah, yeah, you try comedy, blah, blah, <laughs> get it into real estate, okay? Try and get oceanfront because they're not making any more of it and uh, shelter the money in uh, offshore banks, okay? People often say Switzerland, but you don't know. <laughs> Belgium. Pretty good Those banks private there. Accounts, I not have a lot of, to yeah, be. and I shuffle it around, and I'm doing some unsavory stuff with it, but it's very lucrative. <laughs> so that's what I want you to take away from this. Gets arrested instantly after this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they burst up. Busted. There are all these all these police cars are swarming around Earwolf Studios right now, ready to take me away. You know, I saw um, and something we haven't touched on is that yes, you're a very sensitive, creative person, and I understand the whole arc. But we're burying the lead a little bit. I saw your stand-up set on Colbert, and your ver your jokes are great. And your man, I can't believe you walked out in front of uh, an audience that big at such a young age. I think you're the youngest comic uh, to to ever be on on Colbert's show. And you come out and you nailed it. What blew me away is you have this this performance piece where you're simulating kids talking, 16-year-old girls talking a bitch in a bitchy way or <laughs> about someone at a party on like Instagram. Ah, uh, yes, my art. Yeah, but no, but, <laughs> then you say, no. but then you said, what would this be like in the 1930s? And you break out these, I'm a fan of old-timey voices and you have, you're, you're such a good uh, dialect comedian. I thought your voices were really great. Thank you. So is that, I mean, that must be a, that, that felt like a hidden superpower that I hadn't seen you access before. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I've actually been asked if I was like making fun of that uh, time period with sort of that set. Like, yeah. it's it's more of like a celebration of how wacky that rhythm is and how much I love that rhythm comedically, even if at the time they didn't intend for it to be funny. Oh, no, I totally think it's hilarious. And <laughs> I've uh, always been fascinated with watching old movies uh, and and even as a kid, that rapid, you know, Jimmy Cagney would walk into a room and there'd be a bunch of other guys and they're all in black and white and it's all the 30s. And be like, <laughs> hey there, Joe, what do you hear? What do you say? And you're like, well, you know, there's this, there's this um, wise guy 
rapid fire banter and people getting on the phone and saying, Wrigley 555, yeah, you know, yeah. and and uh, there's a fire over McCready's Give bar. it here, Spengali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, and, and to, to us now, it sounds absurd as the way we speak now. <laughs> what I was trying to remember is however we're talking now will be absurd yes. in a hundred years because um, we're trapped like, like ants in amber in our own time. Oh yeah. I love listening to, if you listen to politicians speak in the 1920s and 30s, the microphone had just come along. So people who started their political career in the 1890s or 1900, they had to project <laughs> to a giant hall of people. And so there's a certain way you speak when you need to reach hundreds of people. And so what, what's fascinating to me is that then the microphone comes along, but people don't suddenly change yeah. the way they speak. Yeah. So there's this air of about 30 years where all politicians, <laughs> even though there's a goddamn microphone inches from their mouth are going like, and let me tell you, there's going to be a chicken in every pot, you see. And now we have politicians that can know how to use a microphone. Yeah. But that took forever. It took forever. And I think there's going to be new technology that comes along and people are going to look at the way we're talking. Oh my God. And say... What a horrific mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, if 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 that eventual language even is comparable to the English we speak today, oh. we are probably speaking old English right now. Kind of. What if it's all like? It's pro like What's that movie like, where everyone's like, stupid. Is it Idiocracy? Oh, idiocracy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that movie chills me to the bone. I know. <laughs> and I love it because it's, it's so funny. It's such a great uh it's such a great movie, but um but my god, too much of it came true. My favorite one of my favorite things about Idiocracy is whenever they show shots of the city, no one knows how to make or fix anything <laughs> anymore. So skyscrapers are um, being held up with rope. <laughs> they've just they've just tied rope and uh it's absolutely uh, a chilling depiction. And as our infrastructure fails and in Washington, we can't agree on whether to fix it or not. Mm -hmm. Just the idea that that, that skyscraper is starting to fall over. Just tie a giant rope around. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. So um, you must be pleasantly surprised by the explosive success of hacks. And are you thinking, okay, does this lead you down to double down more so on acting. I, I mean, I love acting. The only reason I was able to um, rationalize my ability to attempt this job having no experience is I just kind of was like, it's just comedy. I'm just doing comedy. I'm just going over there and I'm doing comedy. I've like broken down the barriers of like acting and stand up and, you know, any other sort of medium. I'm, I've just literally so that I won't panic and go down a spiral of, I shouldn't be here. I can't do this. Like this is a, a nightmare and a disaster. Right. They got the wrong guy. Um, I, I have had to sort of go like, it is simply all an expression of uh, one's soul. And you know, wherever that lands, <laughs> it's like the only thing I can tell myself to not freak out. Well, I think uh, anytime I can tell myself I, I've noticed there are many things I can't do if I have to be serious about it. But if I can take a comedic angle, 
Suddenly I know how to sword fight. <laughs> Suddenly I know how to perform eye surgery. I mean, if I, if I, if there was an emergency. Wacky eye surgery. Yeah, if Let there was an just... emergency and I could go in and perform eye surgery with a little attitude, <laughs> yeah. um, I think I'd get it like 80% right. The person would be blinded, but. Uh, You'd but, feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. They'll get over it and um, I'll be long gone using one of my Swiss <laughs> or Belgian accounts. Um, but, you know, there's this thing where uh, I've I've noticed that I'm not an actor, meaning I don't want to bear some part of my soul. I can't do that. I'm not meant to do that. But um, so if someone asked me to have like an intense love scene with somebody, I couldn't in a million years do that. <laughs> but if it's for comedy, I can do it because there's, there's this tiny scrim, like this really thin layer of, I don't know, it's just for comedy. Yeah. And then I can uh, have a total... Uh, make out scene with Ryan Reynolds in the rain yeah, uh, and get multiple takes at my request <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then say we need more rehearsal He's like, but we already shot it and I'm like well let's go again after uh, hours come over to my house <laughs> I really care about this it's <laughs> very method yeah well but suddenly I, I don't even think about it I'm not worried about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put on a dress now and I'm going to recreate a scene from the notebook and I'm going to jump into the arms of Ryan Reynolds and make out with yes. him. And he's going to uh, fondle my ear as we do it. And um, I don't know why I remember that part the most, but, and then be done like I ate a sandwich and be like, great, I think we got it, Ryan. That's, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, but if I had to play an emotionally, if I had to do that in any kind of emotionally honest way, I couldn't, I could no more fly to the moon, you know? I think it might be the the armor thing, yeah. you know? It, it's, I, I feel the same way when I did my, fir- in, in Hacks, when I, I did my first like scene where I'm making out with a young gentleman yep. and I'm, you know, in my bra and underwear, which is something that I still have not allowed myself to really think about because I'm, I'm constantly like cover every part of my, as much as my body as possible in my own life. Right. Um, and of course, there was nothing that you know. I fully consented to doing this scene, and I mm-hmm. was made comfortable by by everyone on set. Um, but you know, that scene, the nature of that scene is we are hooking up. He, you know, and then I'm sort of running around the room, tearing through boxes. It's the tape is loud. I'm throwing shit all over the place. Like there are a ton of lines that we in in the original that. Um, made it some, some made it, some didn't, but the angle was, it's not going right. There is a comedic spin on the whole thing. So it was working towards something funny. And so I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, you know, I, I can, of course I'll do this. It's for, it's for a bit eventually. It's like the same, it's protection. It, yeah. It's protection. From being a fool, from actually being a fool, which right. is weird because we are fools. Well, there's so many times. <laughs> this guy just held up a rap. Sign. No, I'm not going to rap. <laughs> per Gorley. I like it says oh. rap per Gorley. That oh, means rap when you want. He's just sitting here. This means rap when you want. I will not be thrown under this bus. You guys speak at free will. I bless and I think someone's this. got a pizza delivery at the door. <laughs> and the he's like, bell. I think I've heard enough. I want to have just my pizza now. This is, and I do listen to this podcast, the most serious episode to no, date. No, it's not. I, I, well, I. I'm going to admit, I get super strength from seeing this young generation of really funny, accomplished uh, comedians coming along and comic actors and performers and writers. 
I always thought, how am I going to feel when I get older and there's this new crop and um, I'm the old man? And I have to say, it's kind of delightful. It really is because I've seen you perform. I've seen your uh, seen your show and love it. And talking to you and reading about you, I'm very impressed with how seriously you take it and how much of yourself you're bringing to it. And I also like that you're opening up to people and saying, yeah, right now you're you're going through this really nice moment that I think is just going to keep unfolding for you, but you're being open about the shittiness of some of your earlier life and some of the struggles that you've had. And I think that's going to be really helpful to a lot of people, you know? One of my favorite episodes of of this podcast is the one that you did with Judd and I've yeah. Judd Aptow and it, it felt like um, something that I, as like a young comic needed to hear. Right. And I know for a fact that, um, it, it, it helped me. And, and I don't know, I, I, I just, I'm like, we, climate change is, it's here. The world is ending. Like, what is the fucking, mm -hmm. why are we going to just, why hide any of, why not just tell the truth? Like we right. are propelling so rapidly folks towards the big D and that is death. And so like, why not just share your experience and your truth? I've often thought if things get really serious, what am I doing? I'm being so silly and so stupid and devoting my life to that. And then I think they're not mutually exclusive. Like <laughs> we've yeah. got, there's so many problems uh, in the world. Um, but, but if this is what we can contribute, then we'll contribute this, mm -hmm. you know? I could probably donate to some uh, <laughs> causes that would help fight global warming. Mm -hmm. But I, again, I don't see the tax benefit. Well, your sunscreen is reef safe, and I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, I really do have a pizza, so let's get this going. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can smell your pizza, and it's over Zoom. That's the crazy thing. I wish we could just see, like, steam rising up. <laughs> can I just ask you, and, and before we wrap it up, I, I haven't mentioned it the whole time, uh, but your mom... Lorraine Newman, it's hard for me to believe that you didn't, was there a part of your life where you were watching her stuff on Saturday Night Live, watching her work and thinking, that's my mom? Or were you always detached from it? Did it always feel like it's from another world, another era? It does feel like a different person. Um, and it does feel like it's from a different era. And I, I am able to appreciate it. I mean, there's no part of like, there's no part of me that is like walking into the kitchen in the morning, like she's here, starstruck. Wow, there she is. You know, it's super like normal, as I'm sure you know. No, my kids are in kids awe are. of me. <laughs> a day doesn't go by; they have a little autograph book, and I sign it every day since they were born. That's just for their eBay store. <laughs> yeah, good luck making money off that. Um, no, there's a. Uh, that's also refreshing when you're when you're like <laughs> kids have. <laughs> Absolute contempt for me no. in the best. No, but in the best yes. way, not contempt, but like they, they're. We, it's a we, breath of fresh air for you, I'm sure. We never sit around and talk about my work. Uh, if anyone else brings it up, they roll their eyes and they're like, "Really?" Uh, I mean, with age, how how old are your kids? Like high school? They're in age? their late forties. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, high school. I age. had them when I was nine. Uh, my daughter's <laughs> seventeen and my son's fifteen. Yeah, with with time. Yeah, and it's also something that isn't, I don't, I don't know how to say this. I don't need that from them. Of course not. You know, like that's the nice <laughs> thing is I'm, we, uh, 
we enjoy watching all kinds of comedy and the idea that we would ever sit around and watch anything I did is absurd. And um, I mean, I've encouraged it, doesn't seem to stick. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't need that from them. It doesn't, I like that that's not part of our life. Yeah, you know? I, I admire my mom so much more for who she is, like right. who she is as a, a mother and a person. Right. Um, while also admiring her as as a a performer, um, but you know, yeah, I think I sp- especially with with age, I have um, just as you become more of a human being, you mm-hmm. understand how difficult it is to walk the earth. Yep. Um, obviously, in varying degrees, depending on who you are, but um, you know, just that profound respect and understanding for really anyone, but especially, you know, uh, my mom as time has gone on has been profound and like, um, with time, I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I can tell you, I mean, it's almost a surefire thing that with time, with time, yeah, respect, respect and understanding and all of that Hmm. comes. Okay. I'll give it more time. But if my (laughs) kids aren't familiar with my work, (laughs) By the time they're in their 30s, I'm going yeah, to sue them. Absolutely. And that'll be an interesting lawsuit. As it'll be should. a groundbreaking. They'll, they'll be in this room. Over. They'll be in this room. Conan O'Brien sues. But he's sues. filming it the whole time. <laughs> it's like a weird reality it's a special. Show. Yeah. The O'Brien. Just try one. This one's from the 90s. Conan try it. The courthouse. Uh, I, uh, I was really happy that you came in to do the podcast because you're you're the kind of person that makes me feel very good about where we're headed uh, comedically, artistically, and you're a really good person and that comes across. So um, thank you so much for coming in. And I get street cred now saying that you're my friend. Oh my God. Which I don't get a lot of anymore. <laughs> so uh, so thank you so much. And Thanks, um, yeah, and come on back sometime because I just loved talking to you about comedy, your process, and you're just right in the middle of it all. And uh, and please tell everyone at your show how much we all love it. It's really oh, great. And it's truthful. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you. I, I will pass along the message. Yeah. And um, I really appreciate it. Well, if they listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. <laughs> that. Why can't Jean shit. Smart listen to my podcast? Oh, she does. Please. Jean. This is spiraling. Hi, Jean. She's love not ya. there. She's not there. Love you, Jean. No, it's a we different Jean. It's a different Jean. There's some Jean out there. And There's a Jean out there. <laughs> or someone wearing jeans. Like, <laughs> right now, some Jean is like Shout screaming. Shout out to denim. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jean. Hey, girly. And you know what? Hey, Phil. While we're at it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Phil. Uh, hey, Hannah, thank you so much. This <laughs> Thanks, great. Conan. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. 
Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. Conan doesn't have his earphones on, but we're going to surprise him with a visit from Sona. He doesn't know. He's going to join us any second. Also, does this voice do anything for you? Hey, boss. Okay. Nice job. I really like that. I don't know what you guys thought, but... Hey, we have a little surprise for you. It's coming right now. Yeah. Hey! hey! <laughs> Look who's back! Yeah! Yeah! Mm-hmm. Yeah! Where are them babies at? They're downstairs with my dad, and he's by himself with them. This is great. Sona, you you have not been on the podcast since you gave birth to two human beings. It really hasn't been that long, though. I think it's only been like six weeks. (laughs) And you were on the last episode, something we had pre-recorded, but it's still so nice to see you. You look amazing. You know, this takes the drama all out of it. (laughs) It does. Let Let me explain to the listener that for us, we have not seen Sona in eight weeks or something on the podcast. We haven't seen you because you gave birth to two human beings. Yeah. um, And you're a mom now. But because we sometimes shuffle things out of order, people probably heard you on the podcast last week. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Did they, Matt? I don't know. Yeah, on the Michael Keaton episode. Yeah. So so basically, people think you're a terrible mom. (laughs) Oh, God, come on. (laughs) Yeah, the impression out there is that you gave birth and then an hour later- 
started doing <laughs> commercials for Fracture and uh, Casper Masterpieces or whoever, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh I'm my just naming God. people that don't uh, buy ads anymore. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm all right. I'm okay. I don't sleep much, but I think, you know, that's- uh, Why don't you sleep? Because the, there's babies that are- uh, Right. I have to feed them. We have to- Yes, that's all handled by others, as I remember. No, 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 no. How many yayas are currently at the household right now? Actually, there's, that's the problem is there's no yayas. There's a dede downstairs. One dede. Okay, but, can we use, I'm sorry, we're in America now. Let okay. me help out here. Your father. Yes. Um, and, and then, and of course, a yaya is, uh, is a grandmother. Of course. It's a grandmother. So my, uh, I love them and I need them, but they never had a conversation with me about it. They just started showing up. <laughs> like the day after we got back from the hospital, they just came <laughs> And then uh, I'm told your mother didn't even use the door. She walked through the wall and there's a hole in the wall. That's the shape of your mom. She just walked right through the wall and grabbed both babies. Isn't that true? Yeah. She walked in like the Kool-Aid man. And then she just took one of the, took the babies. I don't see them. And then uh, at night uh, tax parents come. So they're the night wow. shift and then they leave. And then Tack and I take care of, well, not the night they take care of the evening. They're like, yeah, but you're getting a ton of help. Yeah. So do you sleep during the day? Maybe. No, I mean, I not really. No, they're just, I can't like just turn it off. I have, they're there and they like need me and I have to hold them. And I don't <laughs> you know. mean, you're not sounding very maternal. <laughs> I you know, have to hasn't hold clicked them. in yet. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> hasn't clicked in yet. I know. They need me and I have to <laughs> hold them. I just, I'm ready for them to be fun. They're just like, ooh, like drooling <laughs> and, you know, but well, they're great. I like them a lot. Sure I love them. Do. I mean, you I should, love them. What, what are their names? Uh, Mikey and Charlie. Yeah, Mikey and Charlie. I knew that. I just want, I don't want people to think I'm a monster. I did know that, but I wanted the uh, listening public to know that it's Mikey and Charlie. Mm-hmm. Were you, do you do they have Armenian middle names? They do. They what do. What are the middle names? Charlie's is Krikod and uh, Michael's Kri- is Taniel. Krikod? Krikod. It's like Kri- Gregory, but it's Krikod. Krikod. Yeah. Just for the record, it's nothing like Gregory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how in Armenian you can say, what's his middle name? <laughs> you know, it's like Tim. How is that like Tim? What's his name? You know, Billy. Do I miss this? I don't think you do. do I? You should go. I need to go. What's that? They're crying? Oh, no. They're nope, just I don't hear them saying, crying. Mama, I need no, you. Oh, I'm having God. a baby just to get out of this. <laughs> I know. I suspect that people are faking having babies just to get away from me because I keep hearing, uh, Sonia, you had these babies, but I never see any sign of them. And and then I see pictures of you online vacationing in different (laughs) hotspots around the world. Uh, Yesterday you started, we were on the phone. You started doing a bit that was annoying. And I was like, what's that? I'm pregnant again. Remember? I just, yes, I just, I'm going to just get pregnant whenever you annoy me. Okay. Well, Sorry. You set some kind of record. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm worried you're not getting any sleep at night, but let me tell you this. Babies until three months, they don't do much, you know? But then when three months hits, they're going to start to lock eyes with you, yeah. smile, 
my kids at three months recognized me. They were like, oh shit, that's Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Wait, they, they ex- recognized you as their father or they recognized you as like a public figure? Like, a Oh celebrity? no, no, they just knew me from the, the 90s. They, they, they totally <laughs> the recognized. 90s. Yeah, they were like, oh shit, you know, the early stuff was so good. The kids, it turns out, were very familiar with my career. So long before they knew me as a father, they knew me as a guy uh, who, who was on Late Night. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, syndicated briefly on uh, CNBC <laughs> in the early 2000s. Um, so right now, your dede, your father. My my dad, their dede. Okay. What do you call him? Pop. What? What's the Armenian way to say father? Baba. So you'd say, he's your baba, he's their dede. What yeah. do you call a bottle then if you don't say baba for a baby? What? Aren't bo- Matt, yeah, what? bottles in my family were baba. Wait, what? Up until two years yeah, ago. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> when I really hit the bottle, it goes back. Baby bottle, you'd go baba. No, why do you assume, Matt, that everyone said that? That's just you. I guess. What do you mean? That's what babies call a bottle. Babies. I thought that was something that that people did. That that was kind of like dada, mama, baba. Uh, no, no. No. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to have offended you all. (laughs) My children were very verbal. They would say liquids, please, (laughs) and that was it. That was at three weeks. Liquids, please, for nourishment. That's what my daughter said at three weeks. Okay. And she wore a monocle. Uh, so the question is, you were, of course, a big part of the podcast, the trio, if you will, the Super Friends team of Conan, Matt, and Sona. The question is, um, you've now entered this new phase of your life. What if you've lost it? What if you don't have it anymore? Or what if you don't want it is more likely. Oh, please. Who wouldn't want to be on this podcast? It's a rocket ship to fame. <laughs> but what if know. you don't have it anymore? What if all of your, you're like, I have a funny anecdote. Babies are pretty. I know. I thought about that. I mean, there's going to be a lot less like, oh, I, you know, tried to sneak in edibles to Disneyland stories, which. I hope so. I I was thinking about that today that I can't go to Disneyland high anymore because if I go to Disneyland, I obviously have to take the kids and I can't be high with the kids. So I don't know when I can be high at Disneyland Mm. again. When Sona goes to Disneyland high, it's funny. When Sona the mom goes to Disneyland High, it's a crime. <laughs> I it's know. It's criminal. So yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any fun stories like that. And But uh, you know, did I ever really have it? I mean, <laughs> I can't really do improv. You guys were the funny no. ones. You know what? That's I not true. I was just true. along for the ride. No, it's, it, you know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's cool. Well, I just want to make it clear that if you've lost your fastball at all, you're, you're done, you know? Um, what? Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm sorry. I think too many people in America make exceptions. Um, I uh, just make sure, just make sure that you haven't lost your. This your sounds edge, very Sona. threatening. Like you're saying to a woman who just gave birth, like you better still be good or else you're fired. While she's on maternity leave. Yeah. While my two infant children are sleeping downstairs with their baba. Dede. Right. Baba's bottle. Oh, see, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's such a stupid conversation. Baba, dada, bottle. What? What what kind of exchange is that? Uh, I I'm pretty sure I can threaten to fire Sona while she's off on maternity leave, no. and I I don't think there's any legal recourse that she would have. Now, listen, I have not consulted a lawyer, what? Uh, and I've not looked into this at all, but I'm quite certain, um, Sona, that uh, that uh, I can threaten you right no. now. No, I didn't you, think about you firing me. I was just like, what if I don't have it anymore? But you're like, you're okay, so I I can get fired. Let's get, back, let's get it to a more profitable area rather than this negativity. Let's talk about the beauty of the fact that you now have these two baby boys. Yeah. And I want to talk about something, Sona, which is you sent me a picture the other day and you dress them like old men. 
You dress them with suspenders and they yeah. have comb overs. They have ridiculous comb overs. Stop their babies. They have like, one of them has like a, like a receding hairline. <laughs> they, they seriously look like 95 year old men, two 95 year old men. And their expressions are very sour. Like yeah. they're unhappy. They can't hear the television. It's not a receding hairline. It's an advancing hairline. I'm sure, you know, we hope. Oh, we that hope. makes more sense. Yeah. No, that makes a lot more sense. They do look like old men. I like dressing them up in suspenders. I like to, <laughs> when I dress them up and I comb their hair, I go, I go, you two are my little gentlemen. And I, <laughs> I like to dress them up. Like they're my dolls. They're uh, my living, breathing dolls. And I can, can I ask put a question, them in bow ties. If, if I sent you, Two little fake mustaches, old man mustaches. Would you put them on the babies? I yeah, I would. But yes, why, why do if you we, want to do that? If I sent you two real old man mustaches, <laughs> would you put them on the babies? Absolutely. Okay. I think they can grow mustaches. They're really hairy. <laughs> like their backs are very hairy. What do you mean really? they're back? No, they aren't. Yes. Babies don't have hairy backs. My boys have hairy backs. They have like an advancing back. Off-putting. Yeah, it's off-putting. It you is. could probably comb the hair from their backs up and over the top of their head. Yes. Yeah. And they'll have more hair. Like a hair hoodie. <laughs> are they really that hairy? Yeah. There's things about them that I'm like, oh, is this... Is this normal? <laughs> like Mikey has six, six, six on their forehead. Does this happen when there's a full moon? <laughs> Mikey has these giant eyes, like half of his face are eyes. And then he like, when, when he, I, when he was first born, he would widen his eyes. Like he was like, like seeing a figure or he was possessed. Mm-hmm. And it, it honestly freaked me out. Like I was really nervous about it. I was right. like, is something wrong with him? But I think that's just babies are doing stuff like that. <laughs> never heard of that. Never heard of <laughs> no, that. I've never heard that. of that either. Okay. No. All right. No. Well then my So baby. your your babies are very hairy and their yeah. eyes expand to twice the or three three times the size of normal eyes. Yes. Yeah, mm. they do. Okay. They basically can detect motion through sonar. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> do they prefer a cave, say, to just curious. They sound very bat-like. Are you saying my children are bats? No, like I said bat-like. What does that That's even not an mean? Insult. No, they're not like bats. They're cute little uh, little gentlemen. They're little two little gentlemen, and I'm going to buy them tweed jackets and corduroy. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. I'm going to dress them up like college professors. Yeah, or Matt Gorley. Dun, 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 dun. And ah. if you wonder oh. why. Hey, let's get a carpenter to build them tiny little arts and crafts houses in Pasadena. <laughs> That can do it. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Is so that I'm a so banjo? I'm so happy to see you. It yeah, is. It's very nice to see you. I'm really happy to see you guys too. I really missed you. I mean, I, I saw you guys all the time, and then I and then it stopped, and I I missed you guys. And you know, I have FOMO. I feel like you guys were having a lot of fun without. Oh me. my God, we're having a lot of fun. Mm. Okay, you know. And um, David Hopping's been filling in for you, and we. After we do a record, I take him to your former favorite meal, which was uh, sugarfish sushi. Yeah. And I take him there and David Hoppy and I have such a blast and we're laughing and we're eating your favorite sushi and you're not there. It's well, fantastic. don't forget, you're also sending me photos of the two of you having we did. fun and we smiling. Sent- <laughs> I took all these photos of David Hoppin laughing, eating your favorite meal, me laughing maniacally, and sent them to you. Yes. Why did I do that? Why do you do that? Oh, right, right. To harass you. and Right, 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 right. Yes. I I forgot. Evil, evil. Yeah. Um, Well, Sona, I know that um, you have children. 
to look after, Mikey and Charlie, but uh, we really miss you. We love you and we're so happy for you and um, can't wait to see you back here in the studio when you're ready. Okay, thank you, Conan. I uh, miss you. My lawyer lawyer wrote that for me. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Becton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Augerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.